Another myth I had was that being African made me different and better than being black. My successes would be better from everybody else that looked like me. You're listening to Disrupting Balance, the podcast, where we are busting myths and breaking balance. Here's stories from women who are pushing boundaries to navigate the decisions and changes that come with work, womanhood, and winning. I'm your host, Hanifa Barnes, speaker, decision strategist, and master imbalancepreneur. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to season two of the Disrupting Balance podcast. I am so glad you came back, you joined me, and if you're new, welcome. Don't forget to check out season one, learning all about Disrupting Balance and listening to the great stories from all of my guests who had so much to share about embracing imbalance to navigate the changes and decisions in work, womanhood, and winning. So season two is off to a great start. And if you've been following me on social media, then you know that season two is all about the Big Myth Campaign. Guests will be sharing their stories and the myths along the way that they had to unravel and peel away from. I mean, there's so much to learn in this season about the constraints and the belief systems that we force ourselves to ascribe to. So how did I get to the Big Myth campaign? The journey to this season actually started last year before my podcast ever formed and before Disrupting Balance was even a thing. I was journaling and realized that there were so many things that I believed for myself that didn't feel true to myself. And so in my journaling, I began to just run down this list of different things that I thought were true for me that I realized were all just big myths. And I mean, I just was writing and I couldn't stop. And I kept going and going into the point where I had nothing else to write. And when I got done and read the list, I had to take a moment to reflect and be happy for myself, thinking about how far I'd come in my own belief system and in my own narrative. So here's a problem with myths, right? Not all myths are bad. There are traditions and mores and values that we carry along based on our upbringing, based on our interactions, our socializations, and not all of them are a negative, but there are a large part of them that impact us, that limit us and suffocate us, and they don't serve us. And many of us spend a lifetime believing these things and trying to keep up with them, realizing that we can't. I think the best way that I read it was this way. It was a quote. And it says basically, nothing is more difficult than competing with a myth. You just can't do it because you're always chasing an idea. So I'm pulling directly from my journal to share some of my myths with you. I wouldn't say these are necessarily ranked myths as a lot of my myths were quite important to me. And it's actually very important that I was able to release myself from them. So they're all kind of in this same bucket of 
importance and relevance. I've grouped them. I've had childish myths, coming of age myths, and grown woman myths. One myth I had as a child was, you know, watching um, those shampoo commercials with white women and their straight hair. I thought if I use their shampoo, my hair was going to get straight too. And I would literally beg my parents to buy certain shampoos and wash my hair wondering what was wrong with my hair. Another myth. I always thought white people had the best family dynamics and relationships. Why? Because I was a different family dynamic. I was raised in Georgia by an East African father, West African mother, and an African community. And so my rearing seemed and felt different from everybody else around me. And so I thought normalcy was like white people. Like I babysitted this family across the street from me in my neighborhood. And they had three boys and they loved me and they paid me well and they always called me and you know they went on dates they seemed to kiss each other and all of the things that embodied a good relationship but i really didn't see everything happening under all of that so that was my ideal and when i watch tv all i see is like white families like sitting down to dinner having a great time laughing joyful and so i thought their family dynamics were the best. That was a myth. Coming of age, I thought I had to graduate from college in four years, start a family, and buy a house, and that was a badge of success. That would make my parents happy. That was the way to finding freedom. And I realized that finding freedom was creating the story that would work for me. I didn't graduate in four years. It took me six years to get out of undergrad. I was a super senior. Yes, I'll admit it. I had a lot of fun the first couple of years of college. I didn't get married right after. I dated and actually uh, became pregnant with our first son and then got married after that. My husband and I went to the courthouse in Los Angeles, California and our infant boy was our witness on his blankie as the justice of the peace in his cowboy boots and hat delivered our marriage ceremony. And then later that year, we went off to our family and had a whole big wedding celebration because that was also very important. Another myth coming of age was money grows on trees. I just had a bad relationship with money and I'm still working through that, getting a lot better, but I grew up with a father who basically gave me everything. As long as I had good grades, as long as I was doing what I was supposed to do, then if there was something that I wanted, I could have it. And so I just thought money was always available and it created a really bad relationship and I'm continuing to work on. Another myth I had was that being African made me different and better than being Black. And I know listening to that is harsh, but it's my reality. And I'm Liberian. And if you've listened to me, you know, my parents are African as well. And we grew up in a community of Africans. So you're surrounded by people who are constantly succeeding and striving and pushing and appreciate education and progression. And in conversation, you just hear that you are 
a subset of people that are different from all the other people that look like you based on skin color. And when you hear that as a child and as a teenager, and you go into these spaces where there are other people with your skin color, you immediately distinguish yourself because of what you've been taught or what you've heard. And so my belief was that as a child, an African child growing up in America in an African community, my experiences, my successes would be different and better from everybody else that looked like me. And it took me time to work through that. And I think I got my rude awakening in college. So I'm grateful for that awakening. As a grown woman, I probably have more myths than uh, the coming of age and the childish ones, or maybe it's just because I remember these more because they're more recent to my experience. I've been a grown up longer than I've been a child or a teenager at this point in my life. So one of the myths I had when I first started my family was I had a fear that I was going to lose them. I would be worried about their going or coming, if they were going to come back safely, if they would return, I would have dreams about me losing them, which was weird. And I talked to a woman who was older than me and she explained she had those same feelings when she was my age as well. So that gave me some common peace. And eventually I found comfort in knowing that they would be okay. Another big myth I had was that my feelings for my husband would remain the same. You know, in the beginning, in any relationship, you're absolutely smitten. And in our relationship, it was a whirlwind, unconventional romance. We both had this kamikaze energy that collided, but it was like this perfect synergy in the collision. We were both stubborn. We were both A-types. We both challenged each other. We argued, we debated, but it was like great, you know, and it was fire, right? And then you realize that that is always a part of you, but you have to also grow and develop beyond that, that point in your life. And so as we began to settle into each other and get to know each other and grow in each other and learned each other's wants and needs and learn to compromise and fight through the compromise. And we wanted more, we adjusted and peeled away, peeled away all those layers of who we thought we were supposed to be as a couple. You realize the feeling is different, not the feeling of love and appreciation and respect and admiration, but your feelings become a little bit more enriched and mature. And when you're on the other side of it, it's great. But when you're going through the transition of it, it's not so great. And you're constantly trying to fight yourself to figure out what is this feeling while also dealing with the fact that he's changing or dealing with the fact that you're changing. And so it is a process. And so after 21 years, you look back and realize, wow, this is how I felt as a 23-year-old just kind of quick and everything was just hot burning fire. And then as a 45 year old, you realize everything is steady and true, purposeful and lovely. Another myth I had was that a six figure job would make me feel like I made it, would give me everything I needed in my life. I mean, that's what I fought for in going to law school 
and working and hustling was for that six-figure job. And then when it comes and it's there, you realize it's not enough. And it's not that the money is not enough. I mean, we all could use more money, but that wasn't the idea. It's just that it didn't feed my soul. It didn't uplift my purpose. I felt even more empty. All this time, I thought this was the pinnacle. And you hit the pinnacle several times and you realize, okay, and so you have to deal with a transition and an adjustment in trying to figure out what is it that works for me. Another myth was there's no need to celebrate yourself. Why? All these accolades and these accomplishments, you're supposed to do that. That's what I thought. You know, you just do it, keep your head down, do it, and just put it as a notch on your belt. You keep it for you. You don't need to share it out. You don't need to bless people with your experience, your challenges, and your growth. Keep it to yourself. You're supposed to conquer the world. And that is a myth that will have you feeling absolutely delirious because something inside you wants to share your journey, your blessing, your testimony, your experience, your trials. But you're telling yourself, no, don't brag, just chill. You don't have to tell everybody, don't celebrate, it's okay. And actually, this is a myth that I continue to work on. And it's something that I began to reflect on after I graduated with my business degree last year. My husband and I both graduated last year. He graduated from seminary and I graduated from business school. And naturally, we were going to just have a drink to ourselves, probably go have some oysters, that's our thing, and then be done with it. But if some friends of ours were like, no, we have to celebrate you. And we were both like, this is weird. It's like we just kind of were in a weird place. Like we didn't want to be celebrated. And we just had the best time. We went to a great restaurant, ate well, fellowshiped, laughed, talked about the experience, talked about the challenges. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. So shout out to my friends um, who did that because it was truly a narrative shift for me to recognize that I should be celebrated and I should start with celebrating myself. Another myth was that being humble means I should quiet my voice, not to overpower others. And it kind of relates to the myth about celebrating myself. I felt like my light should be dimmed. Now, keep in mind, I was a professional actor, so I'm on stage or in front of a camera. And to me, I could separate the two, like being on stage, performance, giving speeches, talking, that's my thing. I can do it all day long. I have no issues. But when I remove myself from that stage or that place in front of the camera, then in my own personal being and experience, I would dim my light. So if someone came to me and said, oh, you're an actor? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, I've done some things. Not a big deal. Or you're a lawyer? Or you're an MBA? Or how did you do all these things? How'd you have four children? How did you, you know, stay married 21 years and do all this? How did you work full time and then go to school? I mean, I hear these comments and uh, compliments often. Even I have a problem saying that. And when I hear them, they come through this filter of mine and I pull out all of the goodness 
And then it becomes like this awkward expression that I'm holding on to and wondering what am I supposed to do with this? And so that this is a constant uh, work for me, this myth, this myth around humility. Having the podcast and developing the Disrupting Balance platform has really helped me to begin to shift my thoughts around humility. I still believe wholeheartedly in humility, but I think I have to learn the difference in being humble and celebrating myself. And celebrating myself is absolutely okay. Speaking of my accomplishments is absolutely okay. Sharing my growth, my experiences is absolutely okay. And I just have to make sure to manage it in a way that works and ascribes to my truth. Those are a few of the myths I jotted down. There are so many more that we don't have time to share in this episode. But some of these, like I said, they're no longer a part of my truth. And some are still kind of intermingled in my truth that I'm working on each day. And some I might not completely let go of, but I will rethink how I engage with the myth. For example, like I said, humility is something that I believe in, but I have to rethink how I choose to be humble. So I debunked a lot of these myths along my journey when I realized that there was a better way, my way my authentic truth. And it's a myth to think that it is not okay to be a work in progress. It is okay every day to be a work in progress. And you have to embrace that and give yourself grace and be patient with yourself because that is how you're going to grow. Myths tied to tradition, family, position, socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexuality, faith. There's so much in that. And as I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, you know, myths come from our external environment, the things around us. Because when you're born, you're not born with preconceived notions. You're not born with opinions and biases. And then as you grow, all of these things get piled on to your identity. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to look this way. You're supposed to think this way, all based on your intersections, right? If I'm a woman, I should be this and do this. If I'm a black woman, I should be this and do this. If I'm a straight black woman, I should be this and do this. All of these things become tied into who you are. So much of what we think we are supposed to believe is always wrapped up in someone else's ideal for what you should be, not your own. So the next time you feel compelled to act on something, to do something that you think you're supposed to do, take a moment, ask yourself, is this what I'm believing for me? Does this serve me? Do I want this? And if there's an inkling of doubt, you may want to work or begin the work to peel away that layer and release that myth. The 
Big Myth Campaign is underway. And I want to thank all of the women who clicked on the link and completed the survey to share their myths with me. I am so excited to learn from other women about their myths. I'm even more excited to learn that the things that I was thinking, other women were thinking too. We're not alone. For example, Voicing V on Twitter. She says, one of the biggest myths I had was putting other needs before mine. Give and serve others and in return, I'll be blessed. And she said, oh, did I suffer. Now she puts herself first and makes herself happy. And from that place, she can give and serve. You can't give and serve to others until you give and serve to yourself. Put yourself first. Thank you, Voicing V. Sushama from Washington, D.C. A couple of great myths. The first one I can definitely think about and ascribe to. I'm too old to go back to school. I went to law school in my 30s and business school in my 40s. Get over it. Another one from Sushatma in D.C. My failures define me. How many, of you, how many of you are walking around with a scarlet letter of all your failures thinking, see, everyone can see how poorly I did and that is why I can't do what I want to do. Debunk it. Let it go. Free yourself. Peel it away. Candace from Jersey City. Winning looks the same for everyone. Big myth, right? We all have that issue where we see a woman winning, whether it's on social media, whether it's in the job, whether it's at church, whether it's in our community, whether it's amongst our friends. And she says there are representations of goals that are true and not true. Don't be caught up on social media. All of that is not true. Or if it is, it just looks different from yours. And that's okay. We should define what winning looks like for ourselves and not compare it to other people's notion of winning. Absolute truth. Win based on your terms. So thank you again to all those women. There are a lot more that I plan to share throughout this season. And if you haven't joined the Big Myth campaign, please go join it. Please share it with other women. These are our stories and these are our experiences and it is our truth. Go to my website, www.disruptingbalance.com slash big-myth, B-I-G-M-Y-T-H. There you will find the link and my video about the Big Myth campaign, but the link to take a three-minute survey. That's it. It might even take less than that, I promise. And a bonus is you will be entered to win one of two Visa gift cards and some really nice Disrupting Balance swag. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to join the campaign. See you next week for episode two in season two. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Balance. To learn more about how I'm in Disrupting Balance, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Disrupting Balance. You can also check out my website at www.disruptingbalance.com to get podcast updates and news from the Balance Disruptor community about how you can become your very own master in balancepreneur. Talk soon.